1: You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. 49ers-Rams week. We did this three times last season, and there were three good games. One was a blowout, but it was just impressive how good the 49ers looked in Week 10 against the Rams when they beat them 31-10. to That turned around the season for the 49ers. And then, Matt, the next two games, Week 18 and then the NFC Championship game, those were both instant classics just high level football two teams that didn't like each other going at it the 49ers got the best of the rams at sofi stadium once 27 to 24 in week 18 it was a must-win scenario for them to stay alive and then the rams got the best of the 49ers in a must-win scenario a few weeks later and the NFC championship came back at what they call levi's south sofi stadium this game on monday night is going to be at levi's north uh which is uh, Levi Stadium the actual Levi Stadium so the 49ers will have the home field advantage and they they're gonna need every bit of help that they can get to turn around the ship right now things aren't going well for the 49ers especially on the offensive side of the football but guess what the Rams had a similar profile to the 49ers last season maybe a little bit better defense and that's why they ended up going to the Super Bowl but you know both teams were able to move the ball especially when Garoppolo was healthy last year both of these teams had 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 efficient offenses. And if you look at the profiles this year, Matt, the Rams have regressed big time offensively. They've struggled here through the first three weeks. Uh, they've also regressed a little bit defensively. And meanwhile, the 49ers, of course, we talk about the offensive struggles, but they have surged defensively. And if you look at the advanced numbers through three games, it's a little eerie. These two teams are in that same quadrant of the graph that I put up. They have bad offenses and good defenses here through three games.
2: Yeah, they're, they've always been like uh, distant cousins. Uh, they're they're always going to be attached to one another in one shape uh shape or form and uh, yeah that's happening this year. I mean they they both have uh, struggling O lines uh, for sure. Um, you know a couple of other differences from last year. No Odell Beckham uh, on that uh, that Rams offense. I think that that's been prominent um early on this season. Uh, Van Jefferson, you know who's going to be their their third wide receiver. He's on IR. So they've got some some firepower issues at, at wideout, I think, that they're they're working through. Uh, they throw the ball to uh, Higby, the tight end, I think a little bit more than they than they used to. So uh, it, it's not like they're the powerhouse from last season. Um, of course, the 49ers are sort of teetering as well. And I think both of us, we were talking about this yesterday in the 49ers media room, both of us watched that uh, NFC Championship game recently, and uh, a bunch of things struck me from that game, and we can get into it a little bit later, but the, the thing that, that jumped out, just given uh, what we saw in Denver uh, on Sunday, was just how rickety and off-balance the 49ers' offense were was at that key point at the end. The last two drives were just terrible. Um, you know, Bad throws, dropped balls, uh, a penalty... Um, the protection was extremely leaky for for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, right when this team needed to be its strongest it uh, it faltered and uh, that's sort of what we saw in Denver. I mean the, the 49ers had a couple of opportunities to string together drives at the end and uh, both of them ended in uh, in turnovers so uh, that's that's a, a huge issue. Um, you, you've got to kind of rise up. Uh, at the at those uh, uh, precarious points and, and the 49ers didn't do that in the championship game. They didn't do it against Denver. Uh, the other thing big sort of picture thing that jumped out at me is that Denver basically runs the same defense that the Rams do uh, and the, that Rams defense got a little bit better. Uh, you mentioned the, the week 10 game where the, the 49ers ran roughshod over the Rams. Uh, the Rams got a little bit better. Uh, with every outing since then. And you can sort of look at the, the Denver game as as sort of the fourth game against uh, a Rams defense. And uh, that was the worst one for the 49ers offense. So uh, the 49ers are hoping that that evolutionary track doesn't continue in that direction or else it's going to be a very long day for them.
1: You know, one reason why it might not continue in that direction is the Rams no longer have Vaughn Miller. And Vaughn yeah. Miller is rushing the hell out of passers in, in Buffalo this year. He actually leads the league in ESPN's pass rush win rate. Bosa's in the top five, Nick Bosa for the 49ers. Vaughn Miller's at the very top. And Vaughn went against his former team, against the Rams in week one, and just abused them, especially Joe Noteboom, the new left tackle for the Rams. So it, here's the here's a big picture kind of thing. The Rams have lost a key piece of both the offensive and, and defensive fronts. Andrew Whitworth, their starting left tackle from last year, retired, and Von Miller is now with Buffalo. And I think uh, that has made the Rams significantly worse this season because in week one, Joe Noteboom, who moved over to left tackle, gave up eight pressures against the Bills and two sacks to Von Miller. Noteboom has been okay in weeks two and three, but it was a disaster in week one for the Rams. And Stafford, I think, threw three picks in that game. I mean, eight pressures given up by one lineman is 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 horrendous. I mean, we don't see that even in on the worst days of some of these young 49ers offensive linemen. The most I think I've ever seen is six, I think, by Brunskill uh, at some point last year. But um, eight pressures and the Buffalo pass rush might not be as good as the 49ers pass rush. I saw a number the other day that uh, saw pressure rate generated by the front four without blitzing. And the 49ers and Buffalo were both in the top five, but the 49ers were number one in the NFL at 43%. So the 49ers have to absolutely be salivating about that matchup against Noteboom and you know Brian uh, the, the, the entire Rams front is is not great. They, Brian Allen's on that front as well. but um, I think that it's a weakness for the Rams, especially as opposed to two years prior and you've seen Stafford already throw five interceptions, most of them coming under duress. But you talked about the the Rams defense Matt and that their fortunes did improve outing after outing against the 49ers last year. Novon Miller means the 49ers can pay a whole lot more attention to 99, to, to Aaron Donald, and in a game where the 49ers have left tackle concerns as well, with Trent Williams likely out, uh, Colton McKivitz almost certainly starting at that left tackle position. I think that. Every resource that you can dedicate to making sure Aaron uh, Donald doesn't wreak havoc again is is a good resource, right? And it's going to be really, really important for the 49ers to keep an eye on that because Donald can line up at both tackle spots. But another thing is he could, you know, line up at end too. He can work against McKivitts. In fact, week six, 2019, remember that game down at the Coliseum? Sure. First possession, 49ers were running both backup tackles in that game. It was um, School and Brunskill. First possession, Aaron Donald lineup defensive end, sack Jimmy Garoppolo um, coming around one of the tackle spots. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams did that in this game, given the fact that there is no Trent Williams. Yeah, and,
2: and the 49ers have have done really well in some games against Aaron Donald, and and Aaron Donald has dominated them in, in others. Um, so it, it's not out of the realm. Um, and a, as you noted, uh, the 49ers have been in even more dire straits in the past without McGlinchey and without Staley. And everybody was thinking, oh, gosh, this, this team's just going to get crushed by the Rams. Uh, w- w- with school, a seventh-round pick at the time, and Brunskill, undrafted guy who played in the in the UFL. <laughs> there was no way the 49ers were going to make it out of that game unscathed. But, uh, but they ended up winning. Uh, at least one of those matchups back in, in 2019. And, um, you know, uh, the, that, that Week 10 game last year, I mean, uh, that was not a good game for Aaron Donald. So Chris Furster and that O-line uh, pulls, pulls rabbits out of their hats sometimes, and they're going to need to this time. But, boy, I mean, this goes back to one of your points that you've made time and time again, which is that, uh, you know, the, if there's a weakness on this team, it's the O-line, it's the path protection. It's right guard. It's it's this, that, and the other. And I don't know if I've seen the 49ers at a more precarious spot as far as talent across the offensive line than they are uh, going into this game. I mean, even even those games where where Staley and McGlinchey were out, you still had uh, you know uh, Lake and Tomlinson at one spot. I know that uh, nobody thinks that Mike Person is is all that great, but at least he was an experienced player. Now without uh Trent Williams in there. You've got he goes McKivitz, Banks, uh Jake Brendel, um uh, Burford and McGlinchy. And McGlinchy and, and has did not play well against Denver. He's been up and down. Um, he needs to come through and uh this this O line needs to play the game of its life, I think, in order for for the 49ers to win this. That's the that's the real weak point. I think uh Kyle Shanahan alluded to that when he was asked, you know, what, what are teams doing against uh, uh, Debo Samuel? Why did Debo Samuel have such a modest uh, rushing game the other day? And he was saying that uh, the runs were there. We just got to execute our blocks. We got to just finish the blocks. The, uh, the structure of some big Debo Samuel runs were uh, there for the taking. Uh, and the 49ers just didn't do it. Uh, it. It was just a bad overall game for the O-line. It was the first game I thought that they really kind of played down to the low expectations that we had for it uh, entering the season. The first two games I thought were good. The the third one, yeah. oh, not not good at all.
1: Remember my game preview entering the game that, that they were so good I thought the first two games relative to expectation that I I wrote about them and the lead of the game preview I said if, if that, they that can was keep the kiss of death this, David yeah <laughs> you, you, got, you you got them all overconfident yeah I got them all overconfident but I didn't put the qualifier in there I said if they can keep this up in prime time they're gonna be fine and they didn't keep it up in prime time and they weren't fine obviously you know I mean you you, you need in these big games especially the ones on the road. I know this one's at home, but this ones on the road, you you need that offensive line to bring you a certain level of stability in those massive moments with, you know, the stadium shaking. Uh the the offensive line could can restore a little bit of order, right? Give your quarterback some time in that din to just sit back there and be protected and and let some of those routes develop. Take some air out of the crowd, take some air out of the defense and you move forward. But if uh, yeah, the offensive line is leaking, that crowd's only going to get louder and the, the opposing defense is only going to get hungrier, right? It's kind of one of those things where you can either demoralize the opponent or demoralize yourself uh, with with the quality of your offensive line play. And, and it was the latter for the 49ers uh, this past Sunday. Now, you know, we talk about vulnerable offensive lines. The 49ers certainly went into L.A. with one in Week 18 last year. And I would even say in the championship game, I mean, Trent Williams was playing on a high ankle sprain. But Week yeah. 18 is, is is more applicable because McKivitz was starting a left tackle. Laken Tomlinson was at left guard. Alex Mack was at center. Daniel Brunskill was at right guard. And Tom Compton, who we all know is not a good pass protector. He's now on uh, PUP with Denver. He had back surgery this offseason. But Tom Compton was the right tackle. So it was two backup tackles in front of Garoppolo. And uh, if you think back to week 10 against the Rams, they also were compromised at tackle. Trent was playing, but uh, at the right side, McGlinchey had just torn his quad in week nine. So it was Compton's first start. So the theme of both of the four-downers wins of the Rams last year was compromised tackle play. And how do they respond? Well, they responded by scheming up an ultra quick game. Jimmy Garoppolo's Time from snap to release on average in week 10 was 2.3 seconds. That was the fastest of any NFL quarterback all season in 2021. And then in week 18, it was 2.41 seconds, which was re- ranked in the top five. Uh, his air yard distances were short in both of the games. He, you know, His average pass completed only went five yards downfield. So this shows you what the plan was. It was snap and release. Do not let that offensive line become a negative factor. And they relied a lot on short game precision, and it worked in those two games. Now, the Rams caught up to it in the NFC Championship game. Garoppolo's snap to release was 3.1 seconds because the the short game wasn't there. The Rams took away the short game. Jimmy was hurt also by then, two injuries by then. I think he was hurt in Week 18 as well, but he had the shoulder injury on top of it. And it was ugly in, in the conference championship game. So what the 49ers need to do, Matt, is recapture some of that magic from the two times that they won. And not from the NFC Championship. And I'll leave you one more stat. Week 10, they ran Jimmy out of the shotgun 96% of the time. They're normally at 66. They they upped it to almost exclusive shotgun usage, so he could just sit back there, survey the field, and fire. It was a way to mitigate that offensive line, and I think the 49ers are going to have to do that again in this game.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting chess match. Going back to to what I said about the defense. I mean, um, you know, it's it's basically the same defense that they that they played uh, in Denver. Um, and and Denver, you know, uh, was taking away the run. Um, I know the, the championship game, the, the Rams were stuffing, uh, you know, uh, as many guys in the box as they could. Eric, Eric Weddle was essentially a linebacker in that game. There were lots of run blitzes. Uh, so they were they were daring the 49ers to throw deep, which is something that, that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do a lot. And and, and he, he did well at times. I mean, uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, had a, a nice game. That was game. a nice play. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, I think they, were, they left some some points on the board. Um, and, and the Rams did, too. I think the, the, the Rams dropped uh, at least a, a couple of t- uh, potential TD passes in that game. So that probably made it closer than maybe it should have. So, um, yeah, I think that's what the Rams will do. They're, they're going to stuff the box. They're going to try to take away those, those quick passes. And they're going uh, to force Garoppolo to hit Debo Samuel and to hit Brandon Ayuk and to hit uh, Juwan Jennings. Uh, I always think that that's a, a really nice play for them. Juwan Jennings is the guy who goes into the game and you see Juwan Jennings out there and you think they're going to run uh, the ball in, in Juwan Jennings' direction. And most of the time they do because Juwan Jennings is such a good run blocker. But he's faster than people think. So they, they, they like to try to hit him deep down the field as well. You saw Trey Lance do that uh, in Chicago, for example, in in week one. So I think that that's, uh, that's a potential you know big play for them. Um, you know, you get you get those deep crosses, and uh, a, a guy like IU can turn the corner on on the one remaining safety and uh, and go the dif- distance. So I, I think that there are going to be big plays uh, to be had. That that's the Rams' sort of calculation. We're gonna we're gonna make it a, a little bit uh, more risky for us on the back end, uh, thinking that uh, Garoppolo is not gonna hit a lot of those. So it as it always does. It's going to come down to the quarterback, and uh, you know the big storyline is this is a guy who admitted that he's just not in sync uh, at this stage, um, having missed all of the uh, the off and the preseason and whatnot. And um, yeah, boy, he, he played like it uh, against the Broncos. Can he get it together in one week? And and, and that's the that's the huge question mark for sort of the uh, the first quarter of the season. Can can that get done? Can you? do in a very short amount of time? Um, you know, can you make up for all those lost months that he was spent? He was spending uh, getting his arm and shoulder uh,
0: back to normal? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply? See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
1: I'll give you a couple questions that will impact that question. And one of them is receiver separation because, you know, we talk about the quick game for the 49ers. If the Rams take that away, and the Rams, like they did it in the NFC Championship, and forced the 49ers to beat them with, with some longer throws, well, that, that's still, that doesn't change the fact that the 49ers might still be compromised in pass protection. So the 49ers still have to find a way to get the ball out quick. And that's going to be, you know, the to do that, the receivers have to get separation quickly. And one thing the 49ers didn't do with Brandon Ayuk was get separation against Denver. Patrick Sertain just locked up Brandon Ayuk. He he was his shadow in, in this game. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is the Rams' top cornerback. He wasn't very good in week one against Buffalo, but he's played some better football as of late. Uh, that matchup, if it's Ramsey against Debo or Ramsey against Brandon Ayuk, I mean, both of those are going to happen at some point in this game. But the 49ers need to win those matchups more often than they lose them. They do need to get quicker separation. B, if... You're not getting that quick separation against the Rams A-lister, Jalen Ramsey. You need to find it with your auxiliary weapons as the 49ers. And, and they did it. Jawan Jennings is a great call, Matt. They did it with Jawan Jennings. They, they caught the Broncos off guard, but he couldn't hold on to that pass. You know who else the 49ers did it with was Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk came in motion, so he was essentially a wideout, sprinting in motion, got a running head start. They got Juszczyk matched up on Bradley Chubb, and Garoppolo actually threw a really, really nice pass to the sideline, and Juszczyk made that double toe-tap catch uh, before falling out of bounds. I I think that given the circumstances – the 49ers receivers aren't, you know, if there's too much focus from the Rams on those receivers, if Ramsey's doing a good job shadowing Ayuk, you have to go to your extra weapons if you're the 49ers and Kyle Yuschek needs to be getting more than one downfield target a game. George Kittle may be working back into things. Last but last week he didn't get any downfield targets. It was all short passes. That you know, you're you're going to have to get separation from some of these guys who aren't going to be covered by Jalen Ramsey. Let me just put it that way, assuming that Ramsey has a good game and the four, the good good News for the 49ers is that they have the stable of weapons to do this. The bad news is that I didn't really see them utilize it against Denver. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo said he's not in sync yet with the team. So, uh, the the, the bottom line is that they have to close that gap and they have to find a way to utilize the whole field and all the, the targets here against LA.
2: Yeah, I, I gotta imagine that uh, Kittle will be a, a bigger part of the game plan than he was against Denver. Although, I mean, if if you were uh, front. Uh, if your protection is struggling, a, a way to kind of cure that, especially on the edges, is to put the tight end out there. So uh, that was happening in in the second half. There were a lot of plays. I, I think I counted six plays, six pass plays, after the Trent Williams injury that Kittle basically stayed behind as a blocker. So he's not a uh, an option in in the pass game really. Some of them he chips and then goes out, but uh, by that point, there's there's really no good timing. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's certainly not the first option in in those scenarios. So for sure, he's got to. He's got to do better. Um, you know, I'm looking at the depth chart. David Long Jr. is the uh, other cornerback opposite Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, that that's got to be something that the 49ers look at. Um, you know, this is this is a, a defense now that has Bobby Wagner. In the middle. (laughs) I mean, uh, that could be another kind of uh, ghost of Christmas past that haunts the 49ers. You had Russell Wilson last week. And then uh, Bobby Wagner, another ex-Seahawk this week. So, um, you know, they've got their work cut out for them. I mean, this is is what makes it really interesting. It's a chess match. And, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, brought up uh, Rolodex on 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 uh, Thursday, when he was asked about sort of the uh, the evolution and what he does to kind of counter what the what the Rams are going to do, uh, rolodex in that you know you, you dial up uh, specific plays that you think are going to work, and if that if that one play doesn't work, then you go to the next one. Um, and the good thing is that he's got a huge rolodex from which to choose. They can go in a lot of directions, uh, but it, it's it's a really interesting test because. It's, it's not just a test of Garoppolo and, and the players. It's a test of Shanahan and his new staff and, uh, you know, Mike McDaniel's not there anymore. How is that working? Can they kind of get that creativity, that, um, that answer that they were able to come up with last year in Week 10? I mean, kudos to them for kind of uh, um, turning their year around against a really good opponent. Uh, do they have that element of creativity this year to kind of pull that same rabbit out of the hat
1: you know they did it in 2020 as well and I get it Mike McDaniel was around then too but uh, people often forget the the COVID year there but remember early on 49ers were struggling I think Jimmy Garoppolo was probably still a little bit hurt at the time it was in between his two high ankle sprains and he he played in a game at Levi's against the Rams and the Rams I believe were favored it was the game where Aaron Donald acted like he didn't know where, uh, who Debo Samuel was. It, it, so I guess <laughs> that was a long time ago because now everybody knows who, who 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 Debo Samuel is. But um, the 49ers were obviously compromised up front and they went to an ultra quick release short game. They did a lot of the pitch forward passes to Debo Samuel, um, kind of a foreshadowing of, of his usage as, as a running back. And then they won the football game and then they beat the Rams again in – I think it was like week 14. It was later in the season. That was with Nick Mullins at quarterback. Now, you didn't have Garoppolo's quick release with Nick Mullins, but they still got rid of the ball quickly. And, you know, I think that was more of a game where they really preyed on Jared Goff and they got some some takeaways in that game. But, you know, that that brings me to my next point takeaways are going to be huge for the 49ers the 49ers defense if you talk to anybody on that defense they're not happy with their performance against Denver you'll be like oh yeah but you guys forced Russell Wilson to 9-3 and outs like aren't you guys feeling it right now and everybody I talked to in the locker room four or five guys was like no we're not happy because we didn't have any turnovers no takeaways. This defense measures its success in wins and takeaways, and they're not happy that they didn't fall on that fumble that Russell Wilson recovered at his own two- or three-yard line. They're not happy that they weren't able to grab an interception. I thought they were close on a couple occasions off of the deflection. But either way, the reason why the the Broncos, despite their offensive ineptitude, were able to run 70 plays, and the 49ers only ran 52 last week, is because Denver got the ball back four times, if you include the safety. That's four takeaways from the Denver defense and the 49ers had zero so a great equalizer in this game Matt can be the 49ers defense doing what it did in weeks one and week two and that's taking the ball away and I don't think you could really overstate that because go back to week 10 last year Jimmy Ward had two interceptions in the first quarter and the 49ers won by 21 and those two things are absolutely correlated so I think it's important for the defense to take the ball in this game
2: yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this is an elite defense in, in every category except for takeaways, and they're in the middle of the pack right now. So yeah, absolutely. And um, Matt Stafford will give you takeaway opportunities. I mean, I know nobody wants to bring this up, but yeah, that was a, a major theme in the NFC Championship game, that that dropped interception. I don't know if the 49ers win that, but boy, their chances are a lot better if, if, if they do. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about the Jaworski tart dropped uh, uh, punt uh, by uh, by Stafford. The, the punt pass that was uh, so infinitely pick offable that just didn't happen. Um, and that brings me to you know the, uh, the the safeties. I think that's been an under kind of appreciated element of uh, of the 49ers defense so far. T- Tano Hufanga's got lots of uh, praise, but uh, it's been to Sean Gibson who's basically you know kind of run the show and, and done some, some of the deep work and um, I thought has played really, really well, really um, intelligent football. And uh, yeah, I think that goes back to him playing in this system in, in Jacksonville. He came in with some familiarity with it, and uh, he's kind of really shown off that, that element so far. So that, that back end, uh, it, it's funny how these storylines, you know, we were, we we're going into the season worrying about safety, and worrying about the offensive line and uh, those two things, for the most part, uh, until uh, the Denver game had, had been pretty good. Um, and, um, you know, th- this will be another challenge for that group, I think. Um, but uh, uh, going back to that NFC Championship game, um, you and I both noticed that Kwan Williams was targeted all the time in that game. I think uh, uh, Stafford threw in his direction 11 times. This is obviously uh, Cooper Cup. And um, I thought that uh, they tried to pick on Ambry Thomas as well, um, he, uh, a rookie playing in the, in the championship game. And, um, you know, the, the 49ers, frankly, are a lot better uh, in in the secondary than they were in that game. So uh, I think that's going to be an interesting element to watch on Monday as well.
1: Yeah, so the Rams in that in that game, you know, we talk about the offense stalling late, but in the fourth quarter of the NFC championship game, First, let's go back to the final play of the third quarter. Sean McVay called timeout. Nobody knew why when he when he called the timeout before the final play of the third quarter. But then we quickly learned why. they He wanted to run a flea flicker to build some momentum heading into the fourth quarter. And they ran the flea flicker. Stafford didn't end up going with a deep option. He went underneath uh, to, to one of their tight ends, but it picked up a good 20 yards or so. And the Rams from that point just rolled in the fourth quarter. Stafford went 11 of 14 for over 120 yards. And over a hundred of those yards were divided between Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. So they were roasting the 49ers' secondary. The biggest play was a 25-yard slant to Cup against k-1 Williams that set the Rams up for the game-winning field goal. Now we should note that k1 didn't play in Week 18. He was just coming off the COVID list, and he still wasn't wasn't feeling great. So the 40 that was the the old Dante Johnson, Darquez denard game, right, where they held Cooper Cup in check. I, I don't – you know, Kaywon wasn't himself even after ultimately coming back from the COVID list in the playoffs. Remember Amari Cooper beat him into the end zone on that, that deep corner route against Dallas, and then you talked about all the targets in the NFC Championship game. If there was a big difference between week 18 when the 49ers beat the Rams and the championship game when they lost to the Rams, it might have been that the, the slot cornerback play fell off uh, and the Rams really picked on K-1 late in that game. So, uh, now, K1's obviously not on the team anymore. And it's going to be, it looks like Diameter Lenore is going to be starting at the slot. Now, Cooper Cup lines up everywhere, but 60% of the time he's in the slot. It's going to be really interesting if the 49ers just let Lenore go mano a mano with Cooper Cup or if they shade help, which I expect them to do. But uh, at the end of the day, Matt, I think this is going to be a collaborative effort if the 49ers are going to succeed. You got to get that pressure on Stafford because I think if Cup, and Stafford have time. It doesn't matter who the 49ers have guarding him. He he's going to find a way to get open. So maybe the best coverage for the 49ers will be that pass rush. But let's, you know, let's emphasize what you, you what you said. Their secondary is much better talent-wise than it was last season.
2: Yeah, and um I think we can argue that uh, the the Rams receiving crew is not as good as it was last season. So, uh, you know, that that's got to be an advantage 49ers. Um, although, as you note, I mean, uh, no one's able to, to stop that Stafford Cup uh, connection. I mean, if you held him to 90 yards and one touchdown, you, you, might, you might consider that a victory for your defense. Uh, you know, that's because uh, uh, he, he's capable of, of going much higher than that. Uh, I, I did think it was interesting that I forget what the the exact... Uh, numbers were, but the, the very first throw of the game was to, to Ambry Thomas. Uh, there were a lot of passes in his direction early on. They were they were picking on him. They, they wanted to test the rookie in a big game. Uh, so if, if Stafford sees Diamandor Lenore out there all alone on Cooper Cup, I realize Lenore's not a rookie, but uh, same, same draft class, uh, not a lot of experience at nickel. Uh, I thought he played Fine there um, in Denver, but um, you got to think that that's something that is 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 going to really get uh, Matt Stafford excited. That that matchup. Uh, so um, it'll be again chess matches. Uh, you know the the Forty defense has been really good this year. Um, it, it'll be fun to watch how that dynamic plays out.
1: And let's not discount that they don't have Odell Beckham Jr. anymore. And this, at least through three games, has been a much less dynamic Rams offense in the past. I mean, you have Cup has 28 catches through three games. He's still Cooper Cup. So uh, it's a question of how many resources can you dedicate the cover in Cooper Cup. And last year, with Odell Beckham Jr. in tow, you couldn't dedicate as many there because they'd just burn you on the other side. This year, the second leading receiver is Tyler Higbee, a tight end. And the number three guy, Ben Skoranek, only has 10 catches, and they've been playing him at fullback a lot of this time, Matt. He has 29 snaps at this H-back slash fullback kind of role totally unconventional cuz the guy is a little gangly right he's 6'3 in the 220s he's not your you know 240 to 250 pounder you would think that he might not be able to, to establish the, the the proper leverage on blocks but he actually is able to use that height and and those longer limbs to he's he's blocked effectively cam Akers had a good game for the rams last week a lot of the big ru- uh, runs are with Scoronic blocking so uh you, you know you talk about the rams and the 49ers being distant cousins to me, this is a great example of that. You know, the 49ers have always emphasized this positionless skill position versatility where everybody's doing everything. Sean McVay has definitely taken a page out of that book by using his, his biggest receiver as a fullback. And um, that's a big difference, though. It, it shows two things. It shows that the Rams... They're doing some of the same matchup kind of stuff that the 49ers are doing, which can create problems for defenses. And B, though, I think it underscores that the Rams aren't quite as dynamic offensively this year without Odell Beckham Jr., and they're having to find ways to be creative to make sure that run game gets going because they realize that Cooper Cup is their only big-time legitimate downfield threat.
2: Yeah, they, they signed Allen Robinson in the offseason, and he, he really hasn't panned out yet. I think he's got something like uh, 12 targets uh, very uh, modest numbers to this point. So he, he definitely hasn't filled the Odell Beckham hole uh, in that offense. And uh, uh interesting. I mean, you see uh, Stafford targeting him uh, uh, more and more often. I think that they're hoping that he does develop into um, a, a really good weapon for them. He was he was prominent in the championship game because he, he dropped a, a wide-open TD, uh, a bomb in the end zone. It was a perfect throw from Stafford and just, Glanced off of his hand, so um, he's obviously a, a work in progress. But it does seem as if that's becoming their their weapon, and um, you know that that may be uh, an Emmanuel Mosley uh, responsibility. I think Mosley will be on uh, Allen Robinson for a lot of this game. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know as as good as they played, the 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 Forty linebackers need to kind of step up. You, you mentioned takeaways. That was the big critique of uh, Fred Warner last year. Had a really good season, but just didn't have any um, or, or very many game-changing plays, interceptions, uh, forced fumbles, those sorts of things. And um, I thought that he was delivering a lot of those in in the preseason. Um, I forget where he ranked on our on our takeaway count, but he was up there. Um, he had a couple of really nice outings against Trey Lance in that first-team offense. And uh, so far, really really nothing to speak of. So, um, you know, that that would be a, a very uh, nice development for the 49ers is, this, is if those types of uh, takeaways, forced fumbles, start to happen for that linebacking crew.
1: Well, it's going to be fascinating because these two teams certainly are very, very familiar with each other. They don't like each other. We We gathered that much by talking to the 49ers players after the games last year. And, I mean, they're really open about it. I, Jimmy Ward is not playing. He's still on IR. He's not eligible to come off until the following week. But, I mean, he had an NFL Network interview during training camp where he just straight up said that he hates the Rams, right? So, it's um, there, there's been a little bit of a war of words in the media between some of the more prominent players. I know Aaron Donald was saying some stuff, and Jimmy Ward has been saying some stuff. I think it was George Kittle who expressed uh, – a lot of disdain without, you know, saying it in direct words. But, but you know, he was letting the message be known in his postgame press conference after they beat the Rams in week 18 last year. So, um, you know, it's, I, I think as a football fan, you, you, you like to see that, right? You, you want to see the rivalry in the division, L.A., San Francisco, all that good stuff. So it is renewed. It was intensified last year by that NFC title game. Whenever you play a team three times, you get really familiar with them. And uh, so here comes, you know, matchup number three of this 2022 calendar year, right? They played twice in January already, and uh, we move on now to October of 2022. So, Matt, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Do you think that the 49ers are going to be able to pull it out at home, or uh, do you think that offensive rust is, is just too much to overcome in a, in a short period of time?
2: Yeah, I, I go back and forth because, um, you know, my, my instinct is to say there's just too much to overcome. But that's exactly what I was thinking last year going into Week 10. I mean, I think we all probably got it wrong. I don't know what our predictions were going into that game, but uh, I'm pretty sure I thought that the Rams were going to win, and I certainly didn't see the uh, the clobbering that the 49ers delivered. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, should I uh, go opposite of my instincts since they were so off last year? Uh, But uh, if you're asking me uh, a few days before the game, boy, uh, I got to say that all the O-line problems, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, just not being in sync yet, I don't think that he can kind of pull it all together in one week. Um, You know, I'm certainly leaving the possibility that that can happen. I've seen the 49ers do it, and I've seen them do it against this team quite a bit, but I think it's too much to overcome. I think that the Rams win twenty to seventeen.
1: You know, I hear you on all those issues, but I think the Rams have a lot of the same issues. Uh, the, I think their offense has has just not been clicking. Uh, you saw what what happened against Buffalo. It looked a whole lot like the Forty ers offense against Denver uh, with you know all those takeaways and all that. And I and I think the Forty ers defense is on a mission, and they just need marginally better offensive play. They 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 just you know and so to me it's a question of. Do they get that marginally better offensive play than they did against Denver? And you ask, well, is the Rams' defense better than the Broncos? Or is the Broncos, especially now that the Rams don't have Von Miller, you know, is that the best defense the 49ers might face this year? And I don't know. We'll we'll find out the answers to those questions as time goes along. But I think that this is going to be another ugly game. I call these games tractor pulls because they're just, you know, these field position scrums in the middle of the field. I think it's going to be that again. Uh, but I, I do think that the 49ers defense is is going to pull one out that's kind of the inverse of last week. And I would say 14-13, 49ers. Ugly game. NFL executives are going to be upset at <laughs> prime time. is filled, week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with these slogs. And they're just going to yank the 49ers and the Rams off of them. But – um, yeah, I think it's not going to be pleasant to watch, but I think it's going to be a defensive battle.
2: Yeah, no, that would be fun. I mean, it would be different uh, for the NFL. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm really kind of eager to watch this because, like I said, it's, it's all about chess matches against two guys or two teams that uh, have faced each other across that board a whole lot. Uh, so uh, it's, it's always going to be fun. We know it's going to be aggressive and hard hitting. Uh, And we know there's going to be some interesting quotes afterwards because of what you said. These these teams don't like each other. And and the postgame quotes for those two games in L.A., uh, week 18 in the championship game, were probably the best postgame quotes that we got all season. Uh, the, The 49ers did not... kind of hide their feelings so uh, it's going to be fun to cover
1: hell yeah I'm looking forward to it Monday Night Football anyway for Matt Barrows this is David Lombardi Dennis Brown will join us next time so we'll talk to you all soon on the Here's the Catch podcast